You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Thank you all for coming. Uh, And uh, this is going to be, I would say, less of a teaching moment and more of a sharing moment. maybe a little show and tell, and certainly I invite the choir members who are present to interject and give their own perspective as we come. Now, I um, really, in, in the limited time we have, um, I thought it would be best to just share some of our, our experiences uh, while we were there, uh, and uh, also uh, just to um, talk about why. why. What's the reason for, for doing this in the first place? So as many of you likely know, um, three weeks ago now, the choir left to go to London. We left uh, the Atlanta airport and we uh, almost had a canceled flight, sadly, um, but the Lord intervened and we found, they found a third pilot for us and uh, we were able to make it to London just a little later than scheduled, but uh, we got there in one piece, had a, a, a really, um, uh, lengthy coach ride to our hotel um, where they we, we for whatever reason uh, the bus driver and, and tour uh, uh, tour head decided it was a good idea for us to cross the River Thames three times um, but uh, it, they got lost uh, and there were a lot of um, uh, road closures and so anyway but choir handled it with real uh, real aplomb I would say and uh, we got there in one piece and uh, we arrived on Monday afternoon, and uh, we had a quite a quite a week ahead of us. Because when you sing in residency at a cathedral, what you're doing is you're basically taking the place of their choir. Um, a lot of these UK cathedrals and some of the colleges as well, they have daily choral services, and usually that means choral evensong during the week, uh, even on Saturday. Uh, And then on Sunday during the year, at a place like St. Paul's, you would have choral matins, which is choral morning prayer. It's just like our morning prayer service, but with more sung by the choir. Um, The canticles would be sung just by the choir with special uh, choral settings and hymns and all that. Uh, And then a Eucharist for the next service just like we do here, uh, just like we did at the nine o'clock. And then Coral Evensong later in the afternoon. Uh, during the summer, I think the matins is spoken and we, and we only had to do um, Eucharist and Evensong on Sunday, but we had seven choral services that we needed to sing for. Uh, on the day we arrived, they had a graduation service of sorts, so we didn't have to sing Evensong on the day we arrived, which is a very, very nice blessing. Um, <laughs> But what that meant, unfortunately, for the choir is that we had to sing straight from Tuesday through Sunday without a break. Uh, And I'm so grateful to the choir for their willingness to do that. And before I go on and say anything, it is just a remarkable feat to take um, over 30 people across the pond and a a remarkable... um, a remarkable sense of commitment and dedication that it takes to be able to not only extend our ministry overseas, but also to fill in for the ministry of the choirs there. Uh, And it's all, it's all thanks to these good people in purple and sitting in this, in this room. So thank you guys for going on this adventure. I hope, I hope we get to do many more in the years ahead. 
So uh, where I wanted to start is to say, why go on tour? And just an explanation, this is um, a, a famous uh, spiral staircase designed by Christopher Wren. Christopher Wren was the architect who built not only St. Paul's Cathedral, but also built about 50 churches in London, or designed 50 churches in London, and they're all very different. Now, this particular staircase is famous because it has, or I should say it has been made famous by being featured in the Harry Potter films. Um, but this is the spiral staircase going up to the divination class in the films. Um, but this is, in fact, the spiral staircase in the South Tower, South Bell Tower of St. Paul's Cathedral, London. But why go on tour? Why, what is the purpose of going on tour? And the, the first reason is that anywhere that we go as a choir, whether it's across the street or here or uh, to a neighboring state or New York City or England or wherever, we are fulfilling an extension of our mission here, and that is to proclaim the living gospel of Jesus Christ through music. Uh, and there are so many people who come to faith as a result of music. And uh, it, what we do, I feel, is so important, not only in the life of our worship here, but also in preaching the gospel, because you never, you never know when somebody's actually going to hear it for the first time. And it might be in something like the anthem we just sang, speaking of God's boundless mercy. Another reason that we go is to help others carry on in their own ministry of worship. What was so abundantly clear and refreshing when we were in St. Paul's Cathedral is that they take their worship very seriously, very seriously, not with any sort of uh, false pageantry or uh, putting on a show or anything like that, but they take their jobs as worship leaders very seriously. And the choral music, it fits into that picture, and it's an integral part of that picture. And we had a pretty serious job to do because they take their jobs so seriously, we had to take our jobs very seriously as well to help continue their ministry. And it was said to us more than once by the clergy at St. Paul's that we were a blessing to their ministry and that we helped to enable their ministry to continue while their choir is on break. Now, why not just give the choir a break and not have any visiting choirs? They could easily do that. But of course, the choral component of their worship is so important that they wish for it to never cease, even when their choir is away. And it is an opportunity for choirs like us who have been brought up in this tradition to come in and experience not only the daily life of a cathedral like that, but also to be soaked in the, the very bones of the places where our choral tradition started. Uh, you know, our, our Anglican tradition started there. And our Anglican choral tradition started there. So it's, it's just such a moving thing to be a part of that and, be, and have that be a part of, of, of what we do here and be able to experience it there. And not only does it help the choir 
to grow musically to go on tour. You know, in many ways, the choir got better and better every day. In other ways, the choir got more tired every day, <laughs> which is very, I mean, that is, that is just a truth. Um, and um, that uh, still, we have this experience to grow together musically, spiritually, and communally. There's nothing like being able to sing on a tour for people to come together with a common purpose and really grow as a group of people. This is the fabulous dome of uh, St. Paul's, Christopher Wren's uh, dome, uh, which uh, I believe, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was entirely uh, black and white, even though it looks, it looks like there is some color in there. It's completely black and white, which is amazing to me. Why St. Paul's? Why did we decide to go to St. Paul's? Well, it is one of the most famous cathedrals in the world, and it's one of the leading houses of worship in the UK. What was so encouraging when we went there is that on a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, forget Sunday, but a Tuesday, there were hundreds of people at Evensong. It was incredible, not only in the choir stalls where we were singing, but also in the nave. Now, granted, I bet a lot of those people were just visitors who came to the service because they wouldn't have had to pay the 10 pounds to get in the door. Uh, but again, it's, it, it's an opportunity to preach the gospel. The historical significance of St. Paul's, uh, so, many, uh, so many people who are, have been living witnesses of the gospel have, have been there and have um, stood in that place and, 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 and preached in that place. Uh, and what, what an honor to be able to, to do our ministry in that place. I already spoke a bit about the Anglican choral tradition. The choir sang, uh, at least one piece that was specifically written for St. Paul's Cathedral. Uh, Sir John Stainer was the organist of St. Paul's Cathedral in the mid-19th century. And as you know, he, the piece you would know the most by him is God So Loved the World by his or, uh, from his oratorio, The Cru Crucifixion. Uh, and we sang an extended anthem by him um, called I Saw the Lord which is based on um, the, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, the Isaiah passage. Um, and what a thrill to be able to sing that piece in that space for which it was written. And then lastly, on a personal note, because John Scott was my, my boss in New York and also my mentor, um, he was the, at St. Thomas Fifth Avenue, he, before going to St. Thomas Fifth Avenue, he was the director of music at St. Paul's Cathedral, London, from 1990 to 2004. Uh, and you can, if you look up a little bit in the picture, you can see 1872, John Stainer, there he is. Um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Clark, who wrote the famous trumpet voluntary that gets played at weddings all the time, da -da -da, that one. He was organist of, of St. Paul's Cathedral. Um, and then just by happenstance, the, uh, the week before we went on tour, I, I led, um, well, I didn't lead, I was the organist for the Swanee Church Music Conference at the University of the South. And uh, a man by the name of Malcolm Archer led that course, and he was formerly uh, music director at St. Paul's Cathedral right after John, as you can see. So this was a bit of a personal pilgrimage for me, and I'm sure for the choir as well, because the choir has a, a direct uh, link to that, that tradition as well. These are just some initial shots of the incredible space that just I'm still picking my jaw up from the ground, just 
being able to j just soak all of that in, I felt like a week wasn't even enough, frankly, to, to even get every morsel of, of it. Um, but that's just a, a quick uh, view of, of the choir looking down into the nave and uh, some shots from outside the building. Uh, this cathedral is well known for having a very live acoustic. Now our church does not have a live acoustic. Our church is built specifically for the spoken word. And so the spoken word is very intelligible in our, uh, in, in our church, as long as the sound system is, is, acting, is not acting up, which, you know, that's more human error than anything. Uh, but uh, including by yours truly, when uh, someone like me forgets to turn it on. Uh, but uh, in a place like this, the spoken word is very hard to get across, but so is the singing word. Uh, even though it makes singing easier in a way, it has its own challenges. Things can sound very muddy. So that was, uh, particularly in the services we had to sing under the dome whenever there was communion, that was a particular challenge for the choir. It was much harder to sing there than it was in the choir stalls. Every day, we were staying on, uh, south of the River uh, Thames in uh, Black Friars, if you will, in Southwark, near Southwark. And um, every day we would either walk across the Blackfriars Bridge or this, the Millennium Bridge, to find our way to St. Paul's. Uh, and our day started with, uh, we, we tried to avoid having any extra rehearsals. We did have to have one on Saturday morning, and I'm sure um, I, I'm sure I will have to um, uh, uh, find a way to thank the choir profusely for, for that still and robbing them of a Saturday morning. But thank you guys for being willing to do that. But usually what happened was we, uh, in the mid-afternoon, made our way to St. Paul's for a, uh, roughly a three o'clock rehearsal, even song being at five. And this was our space when we first got to St. Paul's every day, which is their choir room. It's a bit more robust than ours. Um, and it's actually in the crypt. It's in the crypt of St. Paul's Cathedral. So standing just, uh, or, or lying just outside are such figures such as Christopher Wren, um, Nelson, who else am I forgetting? Is the, yes, Tennyson, yes, exactly. Um, so um, some just random shots of the choir there. Red story, how, how large is their choir? Their choir, that's a good question. It often depends on how many boys they have at any given point. They probably have somewhere in the, in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 boys at any point. And I don't know how many men, they, well, men, they have, they actually, it's men and women. They have a, uh, uh, an alto who is a woman, which is very, you know, very, I mean, I think it's wonderful, uh, but that's unusual for a men and boys choir. Um, I don't know if they have 15 or 18, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 is what I would say is their, is their number. After rehearsal in the choir room, we had just about an hour, it was under an hour every day that we were able to rehearse in the choir stalls, which may sound like a really long time, but for the amount of music that we were doing every day in an unfamiliar space, it wasn't. Um, and it, it took some doing to just, you know, figure out the right balance of singing and talking because you don't want the choir to sing uh, 
oversing and the rehearsal and then have nothing left for the service. So, but we would make our way from the crypt up into the cathedral and you can see the cathedral peeking through the door and then we would find ourselves filling this magnificent space. And as you can see on the right, you've got the, um, what are known as Decani and Cantoris. Uh, on this side here, it's these stalls, is uh, they call it decani so uh, that that's typically where the dean might sit the dean might sit over here and then um on this side is what's called cantoris the latin word for cantor and the cantor would sit over here and during our um, stay they actually switched sides on on the sunday because they were starting a new week that's just how they do it there um, and this is what we got to sing in most of the time is the choir stalls. This is a great shot that was taken, I think, by Nathan Peace, um, who is our former organ scholar uh, in 2020. And he came to join us on the trip. And Nathan uh, took this picture um, where you can see us um, rehearsing downstairs. I think this was on Wednesday and Charles at the organ. It's a wonderful shot. And you can see how far away the organist is. Um, this presents a lot of problems for the organist because he's looking at a monitor. It's the only way he can see me. And Charles has these curtains that are drawn. Um, and uh, I guess they like to hide the organists over there. Uh, but um, the other thing to note, too, is you'll see that peculiar peculiarly, we are not wearing our vestments. Now, this is not during a service. This is during a rehearsal. And it's because the day that we started singing was the record high temperature in the UK. It was 38 Celsius, is that? So was it 40? Which is like 10, I mean, it was really. Now, of course, we're in Alabama and we're used to high heat and, and humidity. It certainly is more, more humid here than there. But when you're in a place that's not used to those temperatures, it's, it does feel hot. Bingo. And St. Paul's Cathedral London has no AC because it's such a big stone building that they don't really need it, especially in their climate. But the problem is, as the vergers told us when we got there, um, once it's hot, it stays hot for a few days. And sure enough, it was hot for the rest of the week. I don't know that it, it, it cooled down a little bit, but not much. Um, so it was a hot week. So there we are. Um, this little clip that I'm about to play, this is kind of a, a bit of raw audio now. And thanks be to Ron, who brought his very nice but compact recorder that we were able, allowed to hide, kind of tucked away in the choir screen. Um, and so it doesn't, it's not very representative of the balance of the choir because you'll hear some voices louder than others because it's tucked away but it gives a really great, um, a great impression. And this was uh, the very first thing that we sang in our very first service at St. Paul's Cathedral on Tuesday. That's their clergy person. And all that acoustic.
and it just keeps going and going. It's just, it's really marvelous. Um, and that was, that was day one. Uh, and I, I was just so pleased with the choir. I mean, they just really rose to the occasion right from the get-go. Um, really tremendous. Here's some shots that we're, we were allowed to take in the midst of the week. We were allowed one day where we could, uh, someone could take some action shots of us. And here, here's, here is some of that. And um, here's a clip of, uh, again, from our first even song, a little bit of the Magnificat. We get to hear the men and the women separately in this one and then how marvelous they sound. And the organ as well. It's a lovely sound, isn't that? As is that. Perfect cutoff there from the choir. Well done. Um, and just, and by the way, this is all live, live from the services. This is just taken straight from the services. Um, more of the shots. You can see us practicing procession. Uh, they, so in, in cathedrals, they have these people called vergers, which for whatever reason, St. Paul's Cathedral London wanted to spell verger differently <laughs> with an I instead of an E. But um, they were just wonderful. We'll see a picture of them later. Uh, but they were just fantastic. And they, um, they, but they're really responsible for kind of making sure that the service goes well and that processions happen. And they were real sticklers about all of that. So we had to, we had to practice procession a couple of times just to make sure, not because we did, not because we did poorly, but just because it, it was necessary, just based on the needs. Um, just a little snippet of the anthem from Tuesday.
I'll stop it there. The reason I'm taking from the front of the week is, is because that we've gotten that far in sort of partitioning the, the tracks. So um, that's, that's why I've been taking a lot of excerpts from the beginning of the week. Um, and I was able to take, I had a little time to do some editing and take something later from the, the rest. This is, a, this is a clip that'll let you hear a little bit of the organ. So I just thought that, um, and we hear Charles playing right here. This is Evening Hymn by Henry Balfour Gardner. It's brighter than our organ, it's a different sound. so forth. I should mention, our very first day there, we had the most bizarre thing happened. And they, the vergers, who you stand, see standing here, Joe and Pauline, the vergers, they were wonderful. Uh, and this is not Charles, this is one of the organists at St. Paul's Cathedral who, when we were singing under the dome, both on Friday for a, a festal Eucharist and then on Sunday morning for communion again, they wanted one of their organists to play that second dome console um, uh, rather than uh, the visiting organist. Um, I get why, but I would, have, I would have preferred that Charles be playing, even though Ben was wonderful. Um, but. Um, the first day we were there, and they say it was the heat, um, we were rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. I think we were, uh, I can't remember what we were rehearsing, but um, all of a sudden one of those uh, lamps on the choir stalls burst, exploded, and glass went, shattering glass went everywhere, everywhere. And no one got hurt, but it was the most bizarre thing, and it shorted several of the lights on that side. And they had electricians on staff that came over and 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 cleaned things up and uh and they and and, uh, and fixed the the problem and at their hoover vacuum cleaner that they were just and here we were i had the whole, everybody on that side it had move out front and we just carried on rehearsing and it was it was unreal it was it was like what's going on here it was our very first day and we were so tight on time but we you know everybody was such a trooper and uh thanks be to god it was all not today, Satan. That's right. Amen, Ron. That's right. 
so you can see that the verger is giving us instructions here. And this was, I believe this was Friday when we were singing under the dome uh, for the Feast of Mary Magdalene. And um, there are some pictures of Charles and I playing the organ, uh, and Charles and me, I should say, playing the organ. Um, the organ is quite a bit larger than our instrument um, and covered, it, it spans over the entire room. Uh, we were only allowed to use part of it. Um, I guess they don't, they, I guess they have trust issues. Um, and uh, here's some more pictures. Uh, William Blake, I can't remember if he's buried there or if it's a memorial, but does anybody remember? I don't, I don't remember. Sometimes, it was hard to make that distinction sometimes. Um, uh, a memorial to John Donne, uh, the priest and poet. Wasn't he dean there? Mm -hmm. I think he was dean of St. Paul's Cathedral. Um, and, um, and then, uh, of course, some very famous composers, Perry and, uh, and Sir Arthur Sullivan, uh, buried in the crypt. Um, this is a lovely picture of the choir. Too bad some of us, including yours truly, didn't realize that they were starting to take pictures and they're not even looking at the camera at that point. That was, I was the most guilty of that. Of, of that. This is a lovely picture. Um, and then we've just got some scenes, scenes for some fellowship. We had some opportunities for that, which was really, really wonderful. Um, and there's our official group photo that I need to get to the choir. There were many, took many, and there were many close eyes. So I had to pick the best one, and I finally got around to doing that yesterday. So um, just a last, just a little tiny snippet from our, um, uh, from one of, uh, 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 one of the most beautiful pieces that we sang all week um, uh, that you get to hear here. And it just keeps going for eight seconds. It's just, it just never stops. So does anyone have any questions? That, and, and yes, let's start with Catherine. Uh, that spiral staircase, just looking at the pictures made my knees hurt. How many steps? <laughs> you know, it's not as many as it looked. Does anybody remember the number? I can't remember. They told us. I just can't remember. But it's. Yeah, not. Oh, to the dome. Yeah, that was, yeah, 538 steps. Yeah. It's funny. I thought it was hundreds, and I, I, I seem to remember it was less than 100 or so. Or I could be wrong about that, but, but it wasn't as many as I remembered or as I thought it was. Mike? Uh, of the choral responses and service music, what portion of that did they provide you with the scores for you to use? Oh, um, we we were able to pick almost all of the music. In fact, I had to change three pieces, unfortunately, that we were prepared to sing 
because their choir had sung them the week before we got there. So yeah, that's tough luck, I'm afraid. Yeah, so we had to we had to change. We knew in advance, but not much in advance. So we had to really uh, we had to really scramble. Um, but the choir did great with that. Um, but yeah. The service music that we sang on Sunday morning and on Friday, we had to learn that. That's their own sort of house service music that we had to learn. So, yeah. The Psalms, well, the Psalms were prescribed, but I got to pick the settings. So, and we just wound up using our Psalter. So, yeah. Did you have any relationship with the choir? No, they were gone. Yeah, they were, they were all gone. The director of music was gone. Um, there was that one organ scholar who was there who looked after us. Um, yeah, so we never, we never really had any interaction at all with any of the choir. We, don't, we do know they were there. They had to sing for two services while we were there that week, a wedding and something else. And we had to share the space, but we never saw them. So we were just told we had to pick up our music and put it to the side. So, yeah. Other questions? Uh, we just have about a minute or so, but yes. Oh, that's a great question. I should have, I should have answered that or, or spoke to that. Yeah. So really, it's not so much an invitation, uh, but you, an, an application. You apply. And a lot of these cathedrals have a five-year waiting list. One of the places I really want to bring the choir to is York, and they have a five-year waiting list. Um, at least they did when I last looked. But St. Paul's and Westminster Abbey were, were both um, about two to three years, and so we thought that was more manageable. Um, and we, we applied to both, actually, and we're accepted at both. You send in a tape. It has to be from a live service. Um, and, uh, but we decided to go to St. Paul's for a no- number of reasons. So... Um, that's the process. Yeah. Does that take you over to running again, or do you have to reapply like for yes. Westminster? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. time. Yeah. Every time, because the choir can change over years, you know, to time. So yes, Chris. Five years is almost enough time for us to raise money. I know. <laughs> well, the good news is York won't be nearly as expensive. I would hope, you know. So that was part of why the choir had to work so hard to raise the money for this, because London's very expensive. Very this was a very expensive trip. Um, and I don't think, as much as I'd love to go, they, and the, they were so appreciative of us. They, um, I, I, I don't mean this in any braggy way, but it's important that people know this, that they told us that we were one of the best visiting choirs they'd ever had, um, which I'm blown away by. Um, and they invited us back. Um, if they'd help pay the way, maybe, <laughs> maybe we could go back someday. But it, it's going to be a while before we can sing in London again. But, um, but yeah. Yes. How many choirs visit during a calendar year? That's an excellent question. I don't know the exact number, but certainly for several weeks over the summer, their term goes late until mid-July. We were the very first visiting choir of the summer. But then they'll have visiting choirs they'll, during the year. If the choir's on a break, if the boys are on a break, or if the, 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 the adults of the choir are on a break, they'll have a visiting choir come in. You know, because these things are, are, are planned years in advance, they, you know. So when you get accepted, you kind of, for us, you ask for a summer flight as opposed to, say, November. That's correct, yeah. And there was a very, very slim margin of when we could go because our start of school is so soon after their end of term. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you for coming, and thank you for your support of the choir. And once again, thank you, choir. Marvelous. Wonderful memories. It really is, yeah, really, truly. So thank you all. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. 
If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.